This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 38 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we talk with John Linstead from Linstead Show Stables in Concord, Mass. Patty finds out what superheroes Jennifer and Glenn are. Tigopedia focuses on the differences between Timothy and Alfalfa. Critter Nutrition focuses on muscle building and breakdown. And in Coffee Clatch, we match dog breeds with horse breeds. Tigger. Jennifer! <laughs> See, usually you come out of the music and go, Patty! But Patty's not here. No, she isn't. Um, yeah, pa- Patty left the building uh, quite. <laughs> yes. She thought she was all done for the day, and she wasn't. <laughs> the funny thing is, if you know Patty, this is pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> So every year you go down to Wellington and hang out with all of the crazy, busy, stressed out competitors down there, equine and human. Yes. Do you take, you don't take any horses down because your horses get to stay in in Virginia and hang out. Yes. Do you take any of your dogs along? I do. I do. I do. I take uh, two. Um, Sometimes I've taken three. No, I've gone down with two and come back with three. Ooh, oh, my. <laughs> yes. Oh, my. Is it, I've <laughs> done do you, that twice. Do you take the same dogs each year? Um, I take one of the same dogs. Uh, he, he he has gone. He's my nine-year-old, Kimasabi. And, he's the and rock star, yeah. He's the rock star. He goes. He's the steady Eddie. Um, and then I... This year I brought Crockett, Rocket Crockett, who's too big for my pocket. And uh, because he's young and he kind of needed, he needed the dog park experience. Yes, yep. And that he early socialization, the, yeah. And he needed to be on a leash regularly <laughs> because living <laughs> on a farm does not require leashing. Yes. Um, yes. And so it was great for him. And um, he was down with me last year with Kimasabi, and when I had the rescue terrier, terrier Yoda, so I had three last year. This year, just two. Just two. And um, oh, they're my god! You know, I would be in, an insane person without those two dogs. They sort of bring me back to reality. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They help you stay grounded. Yeah. And you know, it's I, I love the Wellington Dog Park. First of all, it's a hotbed of information. Well, yeah. Can you imagine the gossip at the dog park? Oh, it's unbelievable. Because, you know, almost every groom and trainer and, I mean, a lot of them have a have a farm there where they can their dogs can run. But, you know, a lot of them are working from numerous barns. And so they come to the dog park at the end of the day. And, man, you pick up so much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Listening yeah. to what's going on, all the drama. <laughs> Yeah, and I've made some really, really good friends in the dog Wellington Dog Park. Um, Who'd have thunk? 
Yeah, I, and some of them are local Wellingtonians. You know, they're mm-hmm. there year round. Year round, yeah. Um, and there's a group of guys, and they're all retired, and they go to the dog park at a certain time of the day, and it's generally before I I'm free to go to the dog park. But there've been a couple of times when I've had to go to the dog park and then, you know do something later in barns. So I need to get the dogs running around before I go do that. And I've come across this group and they're the nicest bunch of, of retired gentlemen. And they're so funny. I mean, they're, you know, they talk politics, they talk books, they don't, obviously they're not talking about horses, but they have really interesting conversations and their dogs all get along and run about five yards and then lie down with the old gentleman. And it, it's, I really enjoy that. It's, it's more, it really takes me away from, you know, always thinking about horses and nutrition and just listening to them talk about a book that they've read. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a nice change of pace. Yeah, it sounds like it because Wellington is a little bit surreal. Oh it's it, very, very it's, intense. It's so intense. Yeah. It's so incredibly intense. And coming from a farm to suburbia is a real culture shock for me. Yes, and that that's something I think a lot of folks who are not familiar with Wellington, when they think of Florida, they generally think of either Miami City yeah. Or, or a beach. Or the beach or the countryside like Ocala. But Wellington is ve- a very densely populated. Oh, incredible. Very urban. Yep. It, it's just one subdivision after another. It's crazy. Yep. And then there's this giant, intensely populated horse show venue smack in the middle of all these subdivisions. <laughs> it's, 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 it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, a farm <laughs> in Wellington is an acre or two. Yes, or that's giant. Three. Yes. Um, and the, you know, the barns are bigger than my house times 10. Yes. Um, and they're beautiful. I mean, these, these barns and homes are beautiful and they're beautifully landscaped and kept. And I mean, the, the level of pristine is is pretty impressive. Yes, it's it's like a high end fancy schmancy neighborhood in Hollywood, except yeah, for horses. Right, right, <laughs> except for it, horses. So exactly. after after the yearly Wellington experience, you and your chosen canines for the year, when you get back home, what's that process of settling back down into normal life like, and how long does it take? A week. I, I get back and I tell um, everybody at Biostar, um, I'm going to be comatose for seven days. You can call me on the phone. You can email me. But I'm not moving because I've been moving for eight or nine straight weeks, no day off. And I really need to crash. Just need to decompress and be alone. And- oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. And yeah. the dogs are so funny. When when we start down the driveway, now mind you, they've been in the car for 17 hours, right? Kimasabi hears the the dirt gravel and he goes, Okay, I know where I am. They're sitting pressed against the window, knowing any moment the door is gonna open. Open up the door. They are gone. I mean, they are at the creek, in the pond. They are running. They are free. And, and, 
And it always makes me laugh because that's exactly the way I feel. You know, it's like, yes! (laughs) (laughs) You can stretch your wings again. Yay! It's, It's the, there's, for all the people who live, you know, semi-rural rural and rural lives, we are so lucky. Yes. And I'm always reminded yes. of that when I go to Wellington, which is not exactly going like, you know, to slumland. I mean, it's a beautiful place to be for the winter, but everything. I mean, there's neighbors all around you and yes. everyone knows what everybody else is doing. And it's you just hear, intense. It's like being in New York City. Sure. Yeah, it's just exactly. very intense. And yeah. then when you, you get back to a farm and the only voice is yours or the dogs barking or the crows calling or the horses nickering, it's, it's like, oh, my God, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so the lesson there is for everybody who lives in suburbia, or even in the city, the uh, the benefit of getting out into the countryside where the only thing you hear is your own voice or yeah, the, the crows the crying or, yeah. can't, can't come highly recommended enough from these two, <laughs> right? Because I'm the same way. I need to get away. So we've got a, a very, very interesting guest coming up. Who is oh, my talk about, God. I love him. Yeah. He's going to talk about his process of eventually Take getting his it. entire barn onto a whole foods diet. So why don't we, uh, why don't we're going to have, we're going to have a short discussion though. First, aren't we? We're going to have a short discussion about superheroes and then we're going to have a chat with John, aren't we? Perfect. So we have a little bit of a change today in our show. We're going to ask Jennifer, our Hedwig question, and it's a doozy. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think, Tig? It's a good one. I do. I do. Okay. Now, um, sometimes we have um, Jen's husband, Glenn, who is the other producer, and we would like to know, Jennifer, what superhero would Glenn be? Now, see, that's going to be funny. Should I do this from the point of view of who he, what superhero he thinks he is? Yes, I think he's yes, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Let's see here. Superhero would he be? Is there an obsessive compulsive type A superhero? <laughs> um let's see, Armin. I'm gonna say he's gonna be Green Green Lantern. I Green Lantern? That. Did you oh, really? did you okay? Oh uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> okay why? Why um, mostly because of the character on Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, that's exactly. funny. <laughs> okay, that's good. And okay, so okay, so what would you be? Oh, I know who I am. Who? I'm Drax. Drax? Who? On Guardians Drax? of the Galaxy. Okay. Do Gar- Don't have know you, that have, one. Do, are either of you familiar with Guardians of the Galaxy? No. I am actually. Oh, that's oh my gosh, Tigger! You would love that. It's hilarious. Very, very funny. Yes, Dra- Drax is the uh, bald-headed, um, okay. bodybuilding-looking character with all the weird designs yeah. all over him. But it, his yeah. his species is very, very, very literal. And oh I, gosh, that's I, funny. I can I can feel that. So I'm Drax. 
That's so funny because I just on Facebook uh, today, you know how they, they showed a fast clip of them making him into Drax and how long it takes? Yeah. It was pretty cool. So that's so, I'm just going to imagine you getting all that makeup <laughs> on. <laughs> that is a good movie. I will tell you that. Yes. And ev- everybody that's- wants to be Groot. Yeah, everybody wants to be Groot. Yes. Who's Groot? Groot is the tree. Yeah, Groot's the tree. And the And then what's the show. What's the um what he's not a it's a raccoon. What's the raccoon? That's raccoon? who I would be. That's Rocket. Yeah. Rocket. He, yes, you totally would be Rocket. Oh my you, gosh, you yes. Totally, yeah, he's totally. snarky. Ooh, is he snarky? <laughs> yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I'm not snarky. No. <laughs> You have to watch. If you watch it, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Well, it's just, it's pretty, it's really, it's a great, I think there's two of them. Yeah, no, they're good. Yeah. (laughs) Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. And we're here with John Linstead from Linstead Show Stables in Concord, Massachusetts. And I actually got uh, acquainted with John um, through Sal Salvetti, the massage therapist. So John calls me up and he has a a nutritional challenging horse. And John, um, that was your and my first uh, meeting really, not face-to-face but on the phone. And um, we worked out a plan and then what happened? <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. It's been a challenge without a doubt, but it's it's working itself out quite well. So so tell tell us a little bit about the mare and then the changes that you made in her diet and then the rest of the barn. Sure, sure. Well, a little bit of background first. Um, most of my horses that I have here, they're all jumpers, um, and I import, I'd say, 95% of them from Europe. Uh, when I get them here from Europe, you know, there's, there's a lot of challenges that come with that, difference of environment, difference in diet, uh, all sorts of things uh, like that, I'm sure you can imagine. Um, Jasmine was a horse that came to me. Uh, another barn had imported her, and uh, the very first lesson that she had, she walked in the ring walked five steps and stood straight in the air and, and refused to move anymore. So I, I thought, what am I getting myself into? Uh, so I decided to take this on because she was very athletic. It was, it was visible. Um, so I decided that I was going to, you know, ride her. And I don't, I'm not really a tough guy. I didn't want to tough it out with her, but I figured that somebody had to. So 
I rode her around, um, had my vets look at her, make sure she had a clean bill of health, uh, make sure that, you know, there was nothing that was bothering her per se. Uh, we had gastroscopes done on her and she did mm-hmm. not have ulcers according to the gastroscopes. Um, but I always knew that there was something not right with the mare. Um, my, my massage therapist, Sal Salvetti, uh, was massaging the mare and he's got a way where he can feel the mare in, in certain spots and say this horse has gastrointestinal ailments, whether it be an ulcer or just inflamed or, or, or something like that. Um, and he told me, you know, Johnny, with all the problems that you have with this horse, you really need to talk to Tigger. So right then and there, I picked up the phone and I called Tigger. Um, and I told her, I said, I don't think the horse has ulcers, but, but Sal told me to talk to you. So after going round and round and round, we uh, decided that this organic-based diet was the way for her to go. And almost instantly, uh, there was a a huge change in her. Now, of course, my job wasn't done. I still had had to ride her and train her. But it definitely turned her around to at least wanting to be willing to participate in the conversation as opposed to totally defensive all the time. And then, then you decided to to move the rest of the horses over. You know, I did. Uh, one of the things that I find with a lot of these horses coming from Europe, um, I've imported, you know, probably over 50 horses from Europe. And wow. I would say a good 75% mm-hmm. of them wind up having some sort of allergies to one thing or another. Um, in talking to Tigger, I've really found out that most of the American diet is chemical-based, even though right. maybe the the crude pellets or, or this or that might not be chemical-based. The the fortifications, the these vitamins, those vitamins, it's all the chemical that's sprayed on this crude pellet. Um, and this is something that they don't have in Germany. Uh, my family's all from Germany, so I understand every time I go over there, I... I eat extremely well, and I always lose ten pounds. Yeah, you know, don't yeah. have the processed foods. Mm-hmm. Don't you know? There's there's not the processed foods, and I think a lot of these preservatives and additives and pesticides are all illegal in Germany. You know that's why they eat so many potatoes and, and cabbage because you don't need all of that uh, the pesticides there. So I started switching a lot of my other horses over to this diet. Um, you know, just, uh, just because I thought, you know, this horse has a little bit of a gastrointestinal thing. I had, I would say, you know, I'm a hunter jumper barn with 25 horses and I would say a good two thirds of my horses, uh, lived on gastro bar or gastro. Wow. I mean, I had a whole laundry list of different, uh, different gastrointestinal medications that I was using on these horses because show horses, you know, they, they all have ulcers. It's something yeah. that's that we learn to live with. Um, and since then, you know, and Sal, Sal goes through and, and does my entire barn. And, and uh, once a year, I would say that I have at least half of my horses gastroscoped, you know, because I know that it's an issue. Um, and right now, I don't think I have a single horse with an ulcer in my barn. Uh, you wow. know, so that's, that's really the main reason why I did it was the wow. allergies and, and then the gastric ulcers. With that said, my performance out of these horses are greatly increasing. As I said, I have jumpers. Um, I, you know, and they're, I, I ride a little bit more the European way. I want them sporty. I want them uh, ready to be there. Um, and a lot of times with my, with my diet that I had before, 
you know, they, they wouldn't have stamina. They wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't recover as fast as I would. I'd like them to recover. Um, and, and now, you know, they're, they're all just all around healthier. Um, I think I had sent a picture to Tigger of one of my horses that we body clipped him and I kind of wanted to glue the hair back on because he had so many dapples. He looked like a cheetah. <laughs> it was, oh, that's it was so ridiculous. funny. It was yeah. almost ridiculous uh, to the point that I didn't take him to a horse show because he, uh, he really looked ridiculous. So, the quality of the horse, the horse's feet, their coats, their, their shine, everything has just really skyrocketed. Um, I, I couldn't be happier. And, Are you uh, surprised, John? Oh my, yeah. The surprise is a is very. That's a light way of putting it. I, I'm, I'm floored. Um, you know, I've been feeding the same way for uh, 30 years. You know, we, mm-hmm. my diets haven't changed that much. It's always been pellets for the hunters, and you mix it with a little bit of sweet feed for the jumpers, and we have <laughs> supplements for every single. We have supplements for every single horse. Um, and now it's, it's just not necessary. Uh, that's pretty all go, awesome. Yeah. They all go on this, uh, organic diet that Tigger set up for me. And of course, you know, different horses have different needs. So when we talk to Tigger every single time about, uh, this horse and that horse, this horse has too much energy. That horse has not enough energy. This horse isn't recovering enough. And her company, Biostar, seems to have, you know, something for, every horse that I have. Right. So it's working quite well for me. Have, have you had any, um, any of your clients um, kind of turn their nose up to it or have to really sell them on it? Or did they just see the horses and just jump uh, on the bandwagon? Good that's, question. that's a very funny question. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, different disciplines work differently. Um, I have some inventors who will ship into me for lessons with their show jumping. Um, and the event crowd is so, so into what their horses are getting, what their horses are eating. Um, the dressage, I think, is, is equally so, but of course they don't help any dressage people here. Um, but all these horse owners are very involved. In the hunter-jumper market, um, you could ask 10 of my customers, and I would say that eight of my customers probably say that their horses eat carrots and, and cookies. You know, they don't, they don't know. <laughs> So right. that's, that's not something that I've had issues with. Um, and not only that, I've, I've been doing this long enough and my customers trust me that, that they right. just don't ask questions. Right. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. Well, and obviously proof is in the pudding too. Right. And I will say that, that my horse's performance, my horse's attitudes uh, have definitely been increasing and the customer bills have been, been decreasing. I mean, I'm sure you all know what a tube of GastroGuard costs. And yep. When you throw 10 or 12 of those on a month, uh, that, that increases quite rapidly. Um, right. And that's, that's another thing. My, my overall bill, as a side effect, I didn't even realize this was going to happen. My overall brain bill has been cut by two-thirds um, just because I'm not having to give all the supplements. I'm not having to give all the expensive grains. We're keeping it very simple, very healthy, and the horses are thriving. Wow, that's pretty amazing. John, have you had any challenges with um, barn help getting used to this kind of feeding that is more component feeding and not just one scoop fits all? Um, 
Yes. Yes, I have. Um, and, you know, the, the barn help will talk about it from time to time about how it's more work. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the barn help, they're working for me because they care about the horses and they see the outcome of what we're doing. And so they don't mind putting in a little bit of extra work. Mm. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, I've said this forever, Tigger. I mean, I've fed Whole Foods and I've done same about the same size of barn as you have. And I, you know, I have, I think once you get them in the, if you get the staff into it, it just becomes just, you know, it becomes an easier process and you don't even think about it. And most of them are pretty happy to know that you're not feeding the horses crap, you know? Yeah. I will say that, you know, I, I'm very fortunate that I have some very nice horses and some very good customers and clients that, that support me. So it, it makes it a lot easier uh, when I can pay the barn help like I pay them. And, you know, they don't, they don't have lots to complain about anything. So they're very <laughs> happy to come and do their job. Yeah. I love that. That's good. So, John, what would your advice be um, to somebody who, you know, is sort of on the fence, likes the idea, but feels a little bit intimidated? Did you feel intimidated by the diet when you started? I'll tell you. Um, I, I've, been, I've been training horses professionally for almost 35 years now, and I did it the same way my grandmother did it. I, you know, I, I did the same way the people that I learned from did it. Um, and it had always worked for me. So my biggest apprehension was completely overhauling my system. Uh, so that yeah. was, that was a huge challenge for me. And when I first talked to you, we just did it with Jasmine. And, huh. and then I had, uh, I said, well, here's another horse. Let's just try it with that horse. And then I tried two or three more. Um, so to say that I just, you know, did a, a complete changeover to my entire barn, I didn't. And quite frankly, up until I think it was just last month, my top hunter that I had, who was so spectacular, I said, geez, I cannot improve on this animal. So anything I'm going to do is detract from him. I left him on that traditional diet for a long time mm-hmm. until my, my head groom was sick one day. And I said, well, I'm going to pack up this horse. Uh, very, very fancy horse. He came in with a fancy name, Claudio. And I said, well, I'm going to call him Potato because he was kind of big and fat like a potato with four legs. Uh, I went to go tack him up and he damn near took my arm off. And I said, well, that is not what I expected to see from him. You know, with, with the size of the business, it's, it's unfortunate. I don't get to spend that kind of time with them. Right. But, you know, this mm. horse was so sweet to ride. It's so nice so easygoing, almost took my arm off when I was doing up the curve. I said, well, there's something going on there. And then as I walked by him, he took a swipe at me and tried to kick me. And I said, well, wow. okay, that's it. This is, there's something not right there. So I switched him over to the organic diet as well. And, you know, just uh, yesterday, I was out there as my groom was packing him up and he was looking for treats and trying to give me kisses. So, you know, <laughs> wow. his attitude is changed. And I will say that, you know, with this diet, that's been the number one slap in the face of just their, their overall mindset of change. Um, yeah. You know, if you think about this, I've got all these horses that have the ulcers because they're stuck in stalls for so many hours a day. They, when I do work them, it's stressful. You know, I jump big jumps. I, I move right down there. 
I mean, you know, I, I'm sure that if you if you looked in in our prisons uh, with all these prisoners, I bet a lot of the prisoners have ulcers. Yeah, stuck in these stalls. Yep. And so, you know, when we take this pain away from them, um, all of a sudden they're, they're just happy. They're easier to get along with. They're more trainable. Um, so, you know, with with the uh, question asked, uh, what would I tell somebody? Number one, just think about it. It makes sense. And number two, try it on, try it on one horse, your toughest mm-hmm. horse, uh, which is exactly what I did. Um, this Jasmine horse, I mean, she's, She's a gangster, and well, for her to, you know, to really turn it around, um, I should have her some video of her. At, oh, my God, Patty, you would love this mare. Oh, she yeah. has so much jump in her. Does she? Oh. You know, she's only, I think she's eight years old now, and, you know, when your horse is eight years old, everybody says, well, I think it could be a Grand Prix horse, and I don't care. You can't tell it can be a Grand Prix horse until it's in the rain. Right. I'm looking at this horse saying, this is going to be a World Cup horse. She is so powerful. Oh, she's but amazing. But the thing is, with a with a powerful mare like that, you've got to be able to get on them. You know, mm-hmm. you can't ride them around <laughs> yeah. the corner. You can't yeah, ride them point. to the jump. And mm-hmm. this mare has never stopped his jump. We wouldn't do it. But she would literally try halfway up the ring and plant her feet. And, you know, she's not a mare that you want to use a stick on because she'll hurt you. And yeah, big mm. furs are maybe not the best idea either because she'll really hurt you. You know, this this is a performance horse. Yep. And when you have that type of ego, that type of confidence, that type of power all in this mare's body, that's a force to be reckoned with. And when they don't feel good on top of it, yeah. good luck. <laughs> right. That's an excellent point. So, John, for our um, listeners that are up in New England, um, you have a website which uh, we will post on Healthy Critters. So if you want to get in touch with John and come over and see his operation or take some lessons or even see his feeding program, um, you can find his website link or just go to lindstedtshowstables.com. And um, I am so glad to have you on, John. John and I finally met in person, Patty, at uh, in Lexington, Virginia, uh, Virginia. or Kentucky, yeah, Virginia. Okay. Oh, cool. At, yeah, at a horse show. Oh, and wonderful! It was like I'd known him my entire life. <laughs> you have that effect there too. Well, we, but we started we talking, talking, and we just never stopped. Wow. That's pretty cool. You know, and that's a that's another huge part about Tigger's program. Um, you know, is how available Tigger is. Uh, because when mm. I started this, you know, I was really apprehensive because I knew nothing about this. Uh, and it, it's gotten to the point now where I'll call Tigger just about horses that I'm having issues with. Uh, I have this one horse who customers brought him to me. He didn't I think his brain got a little bit fried. Um, and I'm trying to bring him around quietly and softly. And I called Tigger the other day. I said, I've got him on the diet. I don't know what else to do. And and we just started talking shop. And the next thing I know, she's she's got me doing all kinds of different things, which are working great for the horse, which yeah. aren't even associated with the diet. So, you know, the, the support that I have with Tigger is fantastic. Um, well, thanks, I, John. I, I you are you are a wonderful client, and if I rode hunters and jumpers, man, you you'd be the guy I'd be training <laughs> with. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you. 
but it, it's been very smooth. It's been very easy, and uh, my horses are, are benefiting. So it's a win-win all the way around. Mm. Here, here. And we're now at the Tickopedia section of our show. And I have what I think to be quite a brilliant question. Um, <laughs> because I, listeners need to realize that I'll say, Tiggy, this is what I'm going to ask. And she go, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to answer that one. But this is a, quite a good one. And it's one I get a lot. And um, Tigger and I work on a bunch of different horses together in my barn. And I have some horses that are very alfalfa sensitive and uh, we've put them on Timothy pellets, but there was a specific reason. And I know Tigger, you use alfalfa pellets and Timothy pellets. And I would like to know um, how you pick when you use alfalfa or how you pick when you use Timothy. Okay. So alfalfa is higher in protein. Mm Mm-hmm. Than Timothy. So alfalfa, we're talking about cubes and pellets, not hay. Right. So alfalfa cubes and, te- and pellets range from, you know, f- 15 to 18% protein. Right. Timothy pellets range from 8 to 10% protein. Okay. So considerably less. Right. Um, alfalfa is also higher in in calcium, Mm -hmm. magnesium, and the amount of essential amino acids. Okay. So even though Timothy has essential amino acids, the percentage of the amount of them, like lysine and arginine, and they're higher in alfalfa than Timothy. Okay. Now, for some horses, um, it's... They can't handle alfalfa. Some have an an allergy. Mm-hmm. Some, even at fifteen percent protein, that's just too much protein, and it can turn into a little bit of energy. Right. Um. So people will then go to Timothy pellets. Um. I really like Timothy alfalfa blends because then you get twelve percent protein. That's a that's a good amount of protein, but if you're really wanting to, to build a horse, uh-huh. you need 15 and higher. So, okay. if you're building muscle, you want higher protein. Okay. If you want to maintain, then a lower protein is um, is certainly adequate and and fine. So, okay. and and a horse that's not working very much would probably do just great on Timothy. Ulcery horses do better on alfalfa pellets because of the high calcium. Okay, so so when when somebody is starting out and they have just sort of a let's we're going to talk just basic your average horse they're just going on a whole food diet because maybe they want a better coat or better condition um, or maybe a little bit more bloom but nothing really terribly terribly specific. Are you going to recommend that they just try alfalfa first? Absolutely. Unless okay. unless there is a known allergy. Right. Okay. 
So that's I always important start for with alfalfa for people to know that, you know, if there is a known allergy and I have in all the years that I've been doing this, I have literally only come across two horses that I know had an alfalfa issue. It's, um, it's not very common, but I'm yeah. seeing more and more Timothy allergies. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. And wow. I think it's not so much the grass as much as maybe what it was sprayed with. Right. Yeah. Well, there is there is that, which is a whole other thing. But um, okay, you know, people well, that- get afraid of protein, and um, because we didn't really understand protein <laughs> amounts in horses, and we thought you know only pregnant mares and you know weanlings needed right. fourteen or fifteen percent protein. But now we're understanding how really really important protein is, and a high level of protein for me is over twenty percent. Right. So 15, that's not a high level of protein. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, I think that 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 will probably help a lot of listeners because it indeed is um, one of the biggest things if you're going to go to a whole food diet. Um, And that's, and and I think in in between the cubes and the pellets, do you have any preference as far as, then I'm talking alfalfa, do you care either way? What do you normally recommend when someone's starting? Yeah, I've I've been liking the pellets too. The pellets are easier for boarding barns. Um, they don't, you don't have to soak them for hours or right. even half an hour. Um, I think they're easier to feed because we're so conditioned to feeding pellets. Right. And sometimes I feel like, I feel like the horses like that they have a little bit more, you know, crunch and meat to it. You know what I mean? Some of the yes. horses that I have, I, I put my horses on and I, you know, and you can, it's a little denser, so you don't have to feed as many big cubes and it's easier to get into the scoop, which is a big deal because sometimes cubes can be a pain, but they can be a real pain. They can be a pain. Well, perfect. Thank you for that answer. And I'm sure our listeners will use that information. And this is Critter Nutrition. We're going to talk about understanding muscle breakdown and building. Horse people appreciate the equine athlete who is well-muscled, fit, strong for his activity, whether it be canter pirouettes, flying over cross-country courses, the quick turn to a show-jumping combination, the spins of a reining horse, the speed of the barrel horse, the agility of the cutting horse, the stamina of the endurance horse, and the ground-covering gallop of a racehorse. Building muscle includes strength and flexibility. Muscles that are too tight or strained cannot work efficiently. Muscle contraction moves the body. Muscles anchor to bone at site of origin and through tendon attachments. As the muscle contracts, it pulls the bone to which it is attached in the direction of contraction. Increased muscle mass allows greater generation of force and quicker muscle contraction, which can translate into increased suspension and flexion for dressage horses, increased jumping ability for hunter and jumpers and eventers, more speed for racehorses, quicker spins for reiners, more acceleration for barrel horses and cutting horses. Muscle mass. Muscle mass is the balance between the building up and breakdown of proteins. Increasing muscle mass comes from a combination of increased exercise and increased protein, including the branched chain amino acids. 
During exercise, muscle tissue breaks down and there is a decrease in muscle protein building, also known as protein synthesis. Particularly with young horses or horses that have been out of work for a while, the breakdown phase is accelerated. When the horse is at rest post-exercise, protein synthesis increases to repair muscle mass damage during training and competing. It is very important to provide a quality protein that includes all the essential amino acids after exercise. One of the best recovery meals is a banana without the peel mixed with alfalfa pellets. The sugar in the banana replaces important muscle glycogen, which is energy. And the protein in the alfalfa provides all the essential amino acids for protein synthesis. Stress and muscle breakdown. Increased exercise or a longer intense training session can increase the production of free radicals, which can accelerate muscle breakdown, resulting in soreness, stiffness, and inflammation. In essence, More cells are being destroyed than are being replaced. Feeding for muscle mass. Horses cannot build muscle without protein. Since horses need hay and forage 20 hours a day, let's start with their most important food source, hay. One of the highest sources of protein is alfalfa hay, ranging between 23 and 26% protein. It is a higher source than timothy that ranges from 8 to 10, orchard grass 7 to 11, or Bermuda, 7 to 9% protein. Pasture grasses range from a high of 17% for Kentucky bluegrass to a low of 11% Bermuda, with orchard grass coming in at 12%. As you can see, fresh pasture provides higher protein than grass haze. Pasture protein levels do decrease in late summer, and drought conditions will lower protein levels as well. There are additional feeding components that affect protein amounts for the horse. Commercial feeds provide blends and ration balancers that can range from 10 to 16% protein. The protein sources for many of these feeds include soybean meal, alfalfa meal, corn distillers, dried grains, and wheat middlings. Whole food sources include Cool Stance coconut meal at 20% protein, Renew Gold, which is a blend of coconut meal and rice bran, 15% protein. Alfalfa pellets or cubes, 15 to 18% protein. Timothy pellets or cubes, 8 to 10% protein. Timothy alfalfa pellets or cubes, 12% protein. Whole oats, 12% protein. Flax seeds, 20% protein. Chia seeds, 18% protein. Speedy beet, 10% protein. And beet pulp, 76 to 9.3% protein. Supplemental protein sources, whey and soy. Whey protein from milk provides the essential amino acids and is particularly high in the branch chain. These specific amino acids constitute 35% of the amino acids in muscle. There is another benefit to whey protein in that a multifunctional protein called lactoferrin has an important growth-stimulating effect on bone. Remember, muscle moves the skeletal structure. The common sources of whey protein are protein isolate and protein concentrate. Protein isolate is a denatured form of whey protein that provides pure protein but without the cofactors found in the milk. Lactoferrin, phospholipids, lipoic acid, those are are not contained in protein isolate. Whey protein concentrate is produced by high heat and acid extraction 
while still maintaining a level of fats and cofactors. Of course, the quality of the whey depends on the cows, their diet, and their lifestyle. Then there is undenatured whey protein, which is the most bioactive whey and is extracted by filtration, not heat. It is also the most expensive, but in my opinion, it's the best way for muscle building. Soy protein is made from genetically modified soy, and because of the increase in herbicide and pesticide use, soy can have one of the highest percentages of contamination. Soy contains anti-nutrients, enzyme inhibitors, trypsin inhibitors, and phytoestrogens. Soy provides the essential amino acids, including the branch chain, but may not be the best choice for building muscle mass. Muscle building, muscle breakdown. Because of the cycle of building and breakdown, just providing protein does not address the breakdown cycle. The best support for muscle recovery are antioxidants, for example, vitamin E and selenium. Horses out on orchard grass for 10 to 12 hours per day will get more than adequate levels of vitamin E. Alfalfa, Timothy, fescue, and Kentucky bluegrass provide adequate amounts of vitamin E. But hay from these grasses and legumes can lose 80% or more of the vitamin E content in the maturity, harvesting, drying, and storage of the hay. If your horse is not on pasture, or if it is winter when grass offers little nutrition, you need to supplement vitamin E either through commercial feeds or supplements such as camelina oil, almonds, sunflower seeds, and rice bran. Selenium is often very low in soils, and supplementation has become a necessity. Selenium yeast is preferable to sodium selenite. Selenium yeast is more bioavailable because the selenium is bound, also known as chelated, to an organic substance, the yeast. Sodium selenite is an inorganic form and is used in the manufacturing of colorless glass. It is classified as an acute hazard to the aquatic environment. Biostar's Locomotion. This is a whole food supplement addressing the muscle building and muscle breakdown process. This unique combination provides undenatured whey protein from pasture-raised RBGH-free cows for the essential amino acids and the branch chain amino acids. Locomotion provides the antioxidants, selenium yeast, and vitamin E from almonds. Locomotion provides organic Ascophyllum nodosum a species of seaweed that due to its balance of amino acids, electrolytes, trace minerals, and antioxidants, helps to restore and maintain healthy cell proliferation, which is essential in the recovery period after exercise. Unique to locomotion is astaxanthin, a super antioxidant from microalgae that provides more antioxidant power than vitamin E or vitamin C. Unlike vitamin E and vitamin C, astaxanthin can handle multiple free radicals simultaneously, stayed more active far longer than other antioxidants. This is important for helping muscles recover from oxidative stress. Astaxanthin acts on five different inflammation pathways and inhibits known inflammation mediators such as prostaglandins. Locomotion includes GMO-free sunflower lecithin, which provides additional antioxidants, the phospholipids. These are cell-protective antioxidants that also support healthy liver function. 
By providing the body what it needs to build muscle mass, combined with the antioxidant support to help reduce muscle breakdown and muscle fatigue, coupled with consistent training and a quality feeding program, your horse can work and perform and be the athlete that is awaiting to emerge. Cut. So we're now at Coffee Clutch, and we have decided to take dog breeds and see what horse they would be, what horse breed they would be. And we've picked a few horses. No, we picked a few dogs. A few dogs, sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at my horse. I'm, I'm looking at my horse list going, wait, sorry. We've picked a few dogs that we're going to each decide which horse breed they would be. So, Tigger, do you want to start us off with the French Bulldog? Ah, oh, I picked Chincoteague Pony. Oh my gosh, that's oh, awesome. Excellent. That's good. Yeah, no, that's good. Excellent. Yeah, that's good. Jennifer, what'd you pick? I picked Shetland Pony, but I think Chincoteague Pony's better. I picked Mustang. <laughs> well, I've never owned a Frenchie. You might be better qualified. Well, I'm looking at, the, yeah, I'm looking at them right now and they're being, I, yeah, I, yeah I, I think the pony thing is a better route. Yeah. Chincoteague yeah. Pony yeah. wins. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Well done, Tigger. Tigger. Well done. Okay. Um, so our next one was Irish Setter. Jen, what do you have for Irish Setter? Irish Setter is going to be a Akultecki. Oh, my gosh. I had that and I crossed it out. Okay. Tigger, what do you Thoroughbred. have? Thoroughbred. Okay. I have a American Saddlebred. Ooh, that that's good. choice. That's oh, yeah. really good. I think okay, the, I think the American Saddlebred has to win. Okay, okay, so a win for the American win, Saddlebred. Win, win for Patty. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, our next breed is a, and I, I'm assuming we're going to go hairless Chinese crested on this one. Very Jennifer, good. I I chose the Mawari horse because it was the most exotic thing I could think of. Well done. Okay. I actually went Akaltiki, so, because I was oh. thinking they're always that sleek, yeah. you know. Almost yeah. hairless look. Yeah. yeah. Tiggy? Arabian. Okay. Who's going to win on that one? I think you are just because yours was so strange. <laughs> I agree. I think my worry. Yeah. I, I think mine's the most accurate. <laughs> I think Tigger may have been grabbing for straws on that one, but I don't know. <laughs> Pick the obvious one. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of the Egyptian, you know, Arabian. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. You're not last. <laughs> <laughs> just tied for last. Yeah, just tied. <laughs> um, okay. Next, we had Dalmatian. This was tough. I, mm. come up with, I, I went with Arabian because I couldn't come up with anything more clever. I have such a good one. I have such a good I one. I went with Appy. Okay, of course. An obvious that's the, and, and good choice, yep. Okay, I, you ready? <laughs> I went with Royal Frisian, which is an actual breed, which is an Appaloosa Frisian cross, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Royal Frisian. Look it up. It's a thing. <laughs> Um, okay, St. Bernard, Tigger. Um, St. Bernard, a Clydesdale. Yeah. Jen? I went with a Suffolk. Oh, 
Okay, I went with a gypsy vanner. <laughs> so the gypsy vanner is tiny. Yeah, but they're see and lots of hair. And I was thinking of the lots you know, of hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was digging. See, deep. I think I think Tigger might be onto something because it's a hairy and it's big and chunky, and it also yeah. has an alcoholic bent to it. connection. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tigger okay, wins. Tigger wins. Yeah. Tigger wins. Tigger hand wins. down. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Takes, uh, takes the yeah. Yeah. And then, okay, then Border Collie. Now, I had the Akultecki. Okay. Athletic. Had an Sharp. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you have, Jen? I went with Quarter Horse because I just envisioned a Collie just like you do a cutting horse that puts a bead on a cow. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I went with thoroughbred. Just I can energy. see that too. Yeah. Actually. All right. Yeah. Who's, who's gonna take the point on this one? I think it's I think it's quarter horse. Okay. Quarter horse, horse it is. is. And King Jennifer King. for the win. Jennifer for the win. <laughs> Double okay, coming up. That's right. Okay, now last but not least. We have two. We have two left. Oh, I oh that is down there, isn't it? Um um that I said uh, almost last, but certainly not least. <laughs> Basset Hound. This was easy for me. I went okay. with the Gotland Pony. Oh, how is that easy? How do you even know these names? <laughs> I mean, you just, you're just winning because that was more creative. Right there, you just won. <laughs> Tigger. I had Gypsy Vanner. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. That's good. See that too. What was yours, Patty? Um, Belgian. Just because it was boxy and cute. <laughs> boxy and cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that may be All a right, So who that. wins? <clears throat> yeah, Jen. Who wins on this one? The tiggers. Really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I and I just looked up up a Marwari horse. Yeah. <laughs> I think you lost that one. Now that made no sense to me. Now that I looked at it, I just leave that out. Jen, you lost a point. They're crazy and exotic and have these weird stand-up ears. Yeah. Okay. All right. And they're funky looking. They're funky looking. It's like Chinese crescents are kind of. Yeah, that's looking. okay. All right, fine. You get the point back. <laughs> Okay, last but not least, and Hedwig would, Hedwig would approve of this one, Pomeranian. I think I win this one. I think okay. I win this one. I think I win this one. Okay, all right, Tiggy, you go. A mini. Hmm. Okay. okay, Jen. Hackney pony. Okay, you ready for mine? <laughs> ready for mine? Fjord. What? Fjord. I can just see a hackney barking all the time. The hackney wins. There's no no question about it. You have to look up the fjord. They're, they're, oh my gosh, the same color. There's nothing like Hedwig. I wasn't going after Hedwig. I was going after Pomeranian. But she is a Pomeranian. She's a Pomeranian, but she's a specific Pomeranian. I think she's in a class. She's the ultimate Pomeranian. Yep, she is. She truly is. I'm just saying, look up some fjords. Just saying. Okay. Well, that was good. 
that was good. <laughs> that was definitely good. Have to- Do you realize we didn't have any warm bloods? No. Well, I was trying to. I was trying to what think outside would be of like a dog breed for that would be a warm blood. Warm blood. Well, how about a Aussie? No. What, a, no, no a, you- um, a Rottweiler. <laughs> no. uh, that would be either a Holsteiner or uh, like Hanoverian or yeah, something. Yeah, they're, they're sturdy and muscular and athletic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, that's good. There we go. No, I think they're more like Great Danes. Who? Great Danes are tall and lumbering and crippled. They're They're not lumbering. They're like Irish sport horses. (laughs) Great Danes. (laughs) Or maybe like a Scottish wolfhound. Hmm? That might work. A long-legged, athletic. Yeah. Yeah. I think we could go on and on with this. (laughs) Yes, I do. All right. Well, listeners, tell us. Let us know if you can think of dog breeds that might be, you know, what horse breeds they could be. Let's let's continue to play with this on HealthyCritters.com. Perfect. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, BioStar US. You can find them online at BioStarUS.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 